Punk Mythology friends. I'm Kate. And I'm Other Jen. And we're the Drunk Mythology Drunk Mythology. I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah, we need to be a tripod for it to really work. And yeah. you know, one of the few things I'm like, yay, Aristotle got it right, is that the tripod is the most stable structure in nature. <laughs> and that we naturally prefer and gravitate to things in groups of threes. Right. But we're not going to talk about Aristotle this week. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I mean, I know I promised Aristotle for asshole philosophers part two, but okay. I remembered why I hate Aristotle so much. <laughs> it's because he's so fucking dense and pedantic that it legit puts me to sleep. Aww. And so while it's great for my insomnia, it is sucking balls for productivity. Okay. So for those listeners, <clears throat> me, um, who don't know what pedantic means. <laughs> um, pedantic is uh, very dense and unnecessarily detailed over explaining and not very exciting. Oh, I, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. My husband would probably tell you that describes me. <laughs> Um, no, you are not pedantic because you actually impart new and interesting information. Oh, <laughs> Aristotle okay. just has to like go and layer on. And in case I didn't mention this detail and this detail and this detail, and let me write like four more paragraphs about this that really don't need to be there. Oh, but whatever. They didn't have the internet. So I guess they had to do something. Okay. But yeah, yeah. so we're doing hot drunk news. All righty. <laughs> And so, sacrifices to Odin this week. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> everything? I am suffering, and he is loving it. It's <sighs> taxes. You're just going to be saying that through, like, the end of April. The goal is to finish before then, but... <laughs> uh, I remember last year. I know. Every year. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, it's yeah. I I oh my god. I need a vacation. And like a vacation where work work <laughs> does <laughs> not I, I need a vacation where work does not continue to accumulate. Well, I wasn't the one exactly checking email. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I I get it. I'm also in you know, dealing with taxes. Um, I'm yeah. the one who like gets everything together and like does the spreadsheets and scans yep. all the documents and gets it all together to send to our awesome accountant. Um, and I do it for my mom as well. Yeah. And <laughs> yay. <laughs> Thank God yeah. I don't actually have to do any calculating. Like me. Right. Yeah. I yeah. am the accountant. I know. <laughs> I am the one doing the taxes after all the paperwork is assembled. Yeah. So I'm not going to say taxes for mine. I'm I'm going to instead say that uh, um, what the hell, California? What's with the weather? <laughs> oh, that. Yes. Yeah. So we've had rain and wind, but rain, I can deal with it. It's cold and annoying. Like it's like 50 degrees right now. And what? And our house is not really insulated and built for 50 degrees. No, like, it's, it, yeah. it's constructed to keep the building cool, right? Not to keep heat in. So it's really hard to stay warm in the winter in our house. We're going to have to do some oh like major insulating at some wow. point. Wow. Okay. But the wind this week has been off the chain. Wow. Um, like to the point where in the middle of the night, Eric and I had to get up a couple times during this week to like go downstairs and secure stuff in the yard. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So in North Carolina, that's, we do that through like what, six months of the year when it's hurricane season and <laughs> right. there's something, <laughs> you, you have plenty of days of warning that, okay, there's a storm on the way, you know? Yeah, uh, we're still monitoring. And then you get down to the last day before and you're like, okay, is it tie the chairs down forecast or not? Is it category <laughs> tie the chairs down or is it category 
eh, we'll pick it up later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, that's not a foreign concept to us here in North Carolina, but it really does sound like somebody switched our weather. Yeah. today we're sitting here, 70 degrees, clear blue sky, just barely a a little bit of a breeze. I can see branches just kind of, you know, I'm moving a little bit outside the window. I'm going to hold off on being a bitch about that because I know <laughs> it'll come back to us. I know yeah. those days will come back to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but I don't think Monday, we're, but <laughs> I don't think we're going to be getting winter this year. I think winter just took a pass on us this year. I don't even know what the groundhog did. I was like, I don't care what that fucker does. But anyway. yeah, no clue. I'm sure I jinxed it. Yeah. I, you know, I keep trying to teach you my Slavic superstitious ways and you, you're just I like, la, 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 I'll I'm eat not it. buying it. I'll eat a rye cracker and then anyway, anyway, speaking yes. of eating and drinking. Yes. What do you have in your cup? I have a uh, tea, very weak tea. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I had my coffee this morning, but because my sleep has been kind of interrupted this week, um, despite Aristotle, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm feeling I'm kind of dragging and I can't do a second cup of coffee. I'm my body's just not big enough to handle two cups of coffee in a row. Not I turn into a like a chihuahua on speed. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> you know, I do not meet the height requirement for a second cup of coffee. But, and I know that we were talking about this earlier, that like tea can be equally strong with caffeine the longer you steep it. But thankfully, I prefer my tea pathetically weak. So I drop the tea bag, you know, in there. I pour the hot water. I'm like, oh, look, it has color. And I fish the tea bag out. That's like how strong my tea is. So barely anything going on at all. It's just, you know, but that's about the extra boost I can handle right now. So yeah, gotcha, I've got gotcha. tea with a little bit of milk in it and yeah, no whiskey. <laughs> you know, it's only 11 o'clock in the morning here. Eh, right. That's a little early even for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, because it's taxes and I, I actually have quite a pressing deadline on one of the tax returns that, uh, just she'll be getting back to it after we're done recording. <laughs> exactly. As soon as we're done, I will be resuming the tax, that particular tax return. And because of that, I have water. And well, it's, it's room temperature. But at least it's in my DMG pint glass. With, there you go. Yeah. If you ever it. are interested, you can uh, go to our website, drunkmythologygals.com and check yeah. out our merch. We have merch, people. Yes. Coffee mugs are good in the dishwasher. The pint glasses, eh, not so good in the dishwasher. Yeah. But you also use yours like all the time. So yes, you know, to but be fair. As soon as some of the letters started coming off in the dishwasher, I stopped uh, because I didn't want to lose my sweet little Fenrir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I think oh. that means it's time to, for the disclaimer. Yes, yes. Okay. Do not drink and drive. Cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, windstorms on the West Coast, taxes, weak tea, or anything else. See, I took notes. I, I can tell that was very smooth. So last second. <laughs> it counts. It does. Let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young and bashing people's skulls in was totally a thing. Oh. So it doesn't always work like this, but this week I actually found three separate stories all dealing with ancient skulls. What? And some of the skulls were from when the people were living and some of them were from when they were dead. Um, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? F- th- what, how do you differentiate some of them? What, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, it, it, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to lead you through this. <laughs> you see where I'm confused, though? Yes, yes. I mean, 
the way the reason we are <laughs> examining some of these skulls is because something happened while they were alive and some of these skulls because something okay. happened after they were dead. Oh. You see oh, what I'm saying? Okay. Yes. 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 So, but yeah, right. it's a theme day. Oh boy. <laughs> and it seems like this is going to be a good warm up for next week's episode and more on that in a minute. Okay. Yep. Um, so I'm calling our first story PPO versus HMO. Oh, for any of our friends out in different countries that may not know what those letters mean. Ah, yes. Because we have listeners all around the world. That's true. We do. So some of them may not understand. Um, these are health insurance acronyms. Uh, there are levels of insurance plans. One's yeah. higher cost. One like the PPO um, is uh, you pay more for it, and the HMO you pay less, but you have more restrictions. Like you have to get more approvals before certain treatments, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Needless I, to say, we have to have yeah. the PPO in our family. <laughs> yeah, we we go with what our company decides to give us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm fortunate that we we can afford health insurance. So, right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. But yeah, so this is basically a story about you pay for what you get with health insurance. Oh, my goodness. So okay. our first story comes from Israel and a study that was just released um, the day before yesterday, <laughs> uh, February 22nd, 2020, okay. which literally makes this hot breaking news in the world of history right. and archaeology. It's an article from the journal Plus One. And oh. um, I hope I'm saying that right, but it's P-L-O-S, mm -hmm. O-N-E, Plus One. Um, but the weird thing about this is this article shows up in my Apple news feed from the Kansas City Star. Whoa. Yeah. So like, you know how in Apple news you can follow different topics? I don't even open Apple news. So I, I follow um, archaeology and history. Right. Um, and so it picks different articles from journals and websites and stuff and magazines and newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I get a ton of articles that show up either from the Kansas City Star or the Daily Mail. I can't even. I don't know. I know the Kansas City Star is part of the McClatchy News Network, but like, why not just show me McClatchy or oh, I, who on the Kansas City Star editorial board is like in love with and pushing archaeology? I want to know. Oh, anyway, see, there's your your goal is to find out who that person is and bring them on as a guest. All right. I, I challenge accepted. I'm writing That's it down. <laughs> Anywho, researchers and archaeologists have been digging up a massive site called Tel Megiddo in the Jezreel Valley in Israel. Okay. Other Jen, I have oh. a map for you. It's not <gasps> Google. It's from oh. the study itself. Oh, wow. <gasps> There's scales. Like, the, the to size, to scale. It, sh it shows that they are to scale. And it's <laughs> even a topographical plan as well. Yeah. Showing yeah. the different elevations. Okay. Um, so the it looks like you have two images here side by side. One is more, I guess more zoomed out showing the general vicinity and it looks like the little you are here dot yep is just off uh the the i was about to say the right bank oh my goodness <laughs> this is not paris and that is not the eiffel this tower is not paris. Je vois la tour eiffel. No, um, pas la tour eiffel. the eastern side of the mediterranean sea yeah, Israel. And and it's <laughs> just, it's like if you drew a line straight up and down north to south, it would run right to the Red Sea. So it's kind of like triangulating a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I don't know how else to describe well, it's, this. It's, it's close to the Sinai Peninsula, which is the sort of like triangular dingleberry dipping into the Red Sea. Okay. 
And the Sinai has always been like a really hot topic from ancient times onwards because that's where, you know, almost all the overland commerce Mm -hmm. from North and Central Africa would come up and travel through the Sinai up into the, you know, uh, ancient Israel and, you know, the, you know, the Mediterranean regions. Okay. See, for me, because I don't know this part of the country intuitively, mm -hmm. I would need more map to to Ah. get a, to, to better comprehend what I'm looking at here. Gotcha. Gotcha. I need I need a little bit more bird's eye view. Yeah, so I need, you're basically I need a wider looking angle. at the <clears throat> underbelly of Turkey. <laughs> okay, and then it you know along the uh, right hand side, you're seeing you know what would be today Syria and Lebanon and you know the country lines aren't marked on this map, but it's yeah, just there are going, no country lines. You know, Megiddo is very close to the Sinai, actually. And this, okay. this is important. So okay. you also have a topographical map, which yeah. shows the structures where they've been excavating. And yeah. So my description of this would be almost like when you look at house floor plans mm-hmm. today. This reminds me of that. It has little rectangles and other geometric shapes and like squares and it literally is the floor plan yeah (laughs) different things that and some of them kind of overlap a little bit Mm -hmm. and you have little letters that i'm sure mean something to them um it's probably keys because yeah there's a a, b c d in the actual article yeah and so it's it's very cool i'm like i'm intrigued (laughs) but there's one spot that you have well, I'm guessing the they article have, yeah. highlighted one little rectangle in particular. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're going to tell us about it. I am. So <laughs> this location that they were excavating is called um, Area H. And they found two skeletons buried with some very high-end pottery. And oh. the location itself was under the floor of a tomb dated between 1650 BCE to 1550 BCE, making it, quote unquote, early, late Bronze Age one. Oh. Yeah. Don't at me uh, for that. That's literally what they call it. Early, late. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's not a, you know, it, it, it's like 1984 double speak, double very good, bad. <laughs> Um, early late bronze age one so um what's so interesting about these two skeletons well as we found from other hot drunk news episodes there is a lot that paleopathology can tell us right and these two did not disappoint paleopathology is studying the like, medical conditions of ancient remains. Got it. Okay. In short. That's what I thought, but I yeah. just needed. Yeah. I, I'm not shying away from asking for refreshers. No, right now. no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, terms. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, huh? Um, right. So let's put a little historical context around what this early, late Bronze Age one means. Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, So what was going on in the world just then? Right. So just looking at the ancient Mediterranean, ancient Greece was just starting to get its shit together with the whole city-state thing. And all the hot stuff was really happening in Egypt, which was already on its 18th pharaonic dynasty. Oh. Yeah. Like we had pyramids. We had, you know, we had complex mythologies. We had construction crews we had remember all the ostraca and like the the attendance spreadsheets like oh yes that shit was going down in egypt um in israel which wasn't really israel kind of like greece wasn't greece but we'll use it just as shorthand for the region got it um babylon was doing some pretty cool astronomy at the time um oh when it wasn't getting overrun by the Hittites. Um, Persia developed the windmill. 
Um, wow. Yeah. And just overall, there was a ton of trade and science happening when people weren't busy invading and killing each other because nothing is new. <laughs> so this site, Tel Megiddo, is actually really interesting because it's at the junction of one of the major land routes for trade among all these Middle Eastern kingdoms and Egypt, again, okay. when they weren't trying to fuck each other over with war. Got it. And there's a place even within the site that was excavated in the 1930s, and there was a trove of ancient diplomatic correspondence found as well called the Amarna Letters. Ooh. Yeah, that might be a deep dive all on its own. Okay. Because you know I love digging into ancient documentation. Yes. Like, there's nothing have, like the actual receipts. Yeah. If they have ledgers, I'm on board. Right? <laughs> yeah. So in 2016... Researchers discovered the two tombs in what they are calling Area H, and the first tomb had 17 bodies in it with wow. evidence of wealth and status because there was jewelry, ceramics, food offerings, etc. that were found. Okay. Now, the second tomb was found just under two meters away and had the two, two skeletons we're talking about today. Got it. This probably indicates either a familial or status connection to these prior bodies. Okay. Because people used to go back to the same places and bury their dead together. So, right. I remember you mentioning that before. Exactly. Like we did, I think, a hot drunk news where we talked about a burial ground in Sweden. I don't remember where it was, but, but it, it wasn't far from Stockholm, actually. Okay. And there was like one burial and then another, like 300 years later. And it's like these people literally came back to right. bury their I've dead there. Yeah. It's a so, fuzzy memory, but I remember it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, you know, there's pretty good evidence for some sort of connection, or at least in terms of wealth and status, because these two bodies also had really good quality ceramics and other offerings found with them. Okay. So clearly, Area H is the high rent burial district. <laughs> <laughs> it's the super deluxe tomb. Um, DNA testing on the two revealed that they were brothers. Oh, fascinating. Right? So they, they call them in the study individual one and individual two. And so that's how we're going to refer to them. Thing individual, one and thing two. <laughs> yeah, thing one and thing two. So thing one was between 21 and 46. Oh, I, I, know. I know. I know. I know. You've explained that that's, that's incredibly narrowed down for what is actually being done to be able yeah. to pin it down that close is amazing. But I Fine. know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, individual two was uh, still in his teens, apparently. Okay. So it seems that two, the younger brother died first, but not long before his older brother died. Oh, so younger brother was buried first, but then dug up and reburied to be with his older brother after the older brother's death. Oh, my word. Yeah. Now, that sounds very nice and caring, but also I don't think you'd want to be part of this family. Oh. Because paleopathology and bioarchaeology. Bio oh, my God. Right? I love these words. Bioarchaeology. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Reveal that these boys had a shit ton of health issues, some oh. congenital and some acquired. Okay. So the older brother had what's called a persistent metopic structure, which is when um, the two front parts of your skull fail mm -hmm. to fuse during the embryonic stage of development. Oh. Yeah. Your skull comes together kind of right. like a Lego set. Right. Right. And so it leaves kind of a ridge with varying degrees of subtlety down the forehead and the nose. Oh. So sometimes like you look at somebody's profile and it like there isn't that indent at the very top of the nose. Like it's almost like the forehead just goes straight down into the nose. Oh, um, okay. I'll be noticing this now. Yeah. I, I tried finding examples of it and it's, it's a little awkward to okay. find real images that weren't right. like either really vague or disturbing. Got um, it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, so that's not too serious, but, eh, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting finding. And then he also had a fourth right upper molar. Okay. I'm counting my molars. Right. right Wait, you have three. 
how many do I have? (laughs) You you should have three. That's not including your wisdom teeth. Um, Okay. So he had. But this wasn't a wisdom tooth? No, it's a fourth upper molar. I'm I'm using my tongue and I'm counting my (laughs) teeth. Absolutely. Everybody that's listening, take a pause. We're all going to just count our teeth. I just did it. Yeah. Yes. One, two, three. Okay, so then I have that that tooth that's kind of like the it's not quite a molar, but it's kind of shaped similar to a molar. Yeah, as, no, as you you're have, coming you have forward, three molars, I think, yes. on each side. Yeah, I do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a fourth uh, upper right molar, extra tooth, just in case. Oh, okay. kind of like a spare tire. Um, <laughs> the younger brother had dental issues too, with an unerupted second upper molar, which led his third upper molar to kind of skew and take its place. But oh, dental issues aside, that's not even. That's just like tip of the iceberg. Okay. <clears throat> Apparently, both brothers had extensive lesions on their bones. Oh, and um you know, lesions, porosity, which means like the bones um, were almost uh, not spongy, but they- They just weren't dense like they they weren't would dense. ideally they, be. They almost had like, you know, kind of like a sponge, like little holes. <laughs> and isn't that- At a microscopic o- level. Isn't that what osteoporosis is? I actually don't know. Okay, I, keep talking. Yeah. I'm Google. Google that. So- <laughs> Um, they had lesions on their bones with porosity and other damage and deformities, indicating both brothers suffered for a long time, possibly their entire lives, from potentially any number of really nasty congenital and infectious diseases. Okay. So osteoporosis is where the tissue portion of bones is missing uh, typically as a result of hormonal changes or a deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. And with osteoporosis, what you end up with is brittle and fragile bones. Because yeah, the, the body this, is constantly, you know, refreshing the bone tissue. Right. There's tissue in there as part of everything else that's in a bone. Mm-hmm. And with osteoporosis, that is where the failure is. It's not so much porous. Yeah. And, and that may be part of it. That it's anyway, moving on. Yeah. But th- I mean, that's interesting. Like, I, <clears throat> nothing in this study talked about osteoporosis. Um, it talked about a lot of other things, though. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The lesions on these bones themselves weren't really enough to provide an actual diagnosis of, you know, the various infectious diseases because, um, you know, the lesion damage is kind of nonspecific. Like you could, you know, bone damage is bone damage. It doesn't sort of happen in different forms from different infections, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, but you know, some of the diseases that do cause this kind of bone damage is um, syphilis, leprosy, uh, tuberculosis, and then other uh, conditions uh, that might be congenital, Down syndrome, cleidocranial dysplasia. I looked it up yesterday. I forgot what it means today. Yeah. Um, and osteomyelitis. Okay. And that's just to name a few. Like literally there were five other conditions that they right. named. And I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not going to trust myself to pronounce all of these in a row. Right. And yeah. it sounds, some of these words have very, uh, they have similarities to the word osteoporosis. Yeah. Like so osteomyelitis, like that's yeah. some sort of lining, tissue lining issue, yeah. I think. So there's um, probably something related to to what we know as osteoporosis today. Yeah. Some correlation. Yeah. So basically, these guys would have been developmentally disabled. Right. um, And I hope that's an appropriate term to use, but that's basically what they're saying in this study. Right. Um, 
physically deformed. Um, they would have had a lot of trouble moving and probably endured a lot of pain, poor bastards. Yeah, that was the pain is what came to my mind when you first mentioned lesions on their bones. That has to be painful. Well, I mean, I think it's it's the the bone lesions you don't necessarily feel. It's just damage to your skeletal structure. I think it's yeah. it, the you know, they found all these deformities. Yeah. And I think it would have been like joint issues and muscle issues. Hmm. Um but yeah, like they uh whatever they suffered, clearly the cure could almost be as bad as the disease because oh. trephination. What? <laughs> what 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 word? <laughs> What is trepanation? <laughs> so if you've ever heard doctors talk about relieving pressure on the brain. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in ye olden days, the mm. only way they had to do that was literally by drilling holes in the skull. Eh, yeah. I mean, that's actually one of the ways they still do it today in certain cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh with much more precision and a lot less brute force and mm -hmm. appropriate uh, anesthesia, anesthesia and <laughs> antiseptic conditions. Yeah. Anywho, um, in the case of the older brother, they cut out a big square in the front of his skull. Ouch. Oh, that hurts just hearing that. Yeah. Oh. And I, I am including an image from the study, but I chose it because it shows the cuts on the bone, but it's not particularly gruesomely evocative. I'm afraid to scroll. <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as you think. It's okay. almost like, think of it as pottery. It's like looking at a piece of pottery. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So I've scrolled and you're right. Looking at the pictures you have here, there's no way of knowing that this is bone or this came from a skull because it literally looks like broken pieces of pottery, something yeah. much bigger. Um, there's nothing to a novice to say this is a human body part. Nothing. Right. But I see what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. These cuts are so freaking straight. Yep. And you can see the square, the corner. Mm -hmm. That's a fucking 90 degree angle. Yeah. That's like, it's like they precision they chiseled, a, a, they traced, chisel traced a yeah. line before they actually cut. Oh my God. Like, holy crap. That's precise. The, yeah. the right angle is, I, I'm just, I'm stunned at the it's not like I, I'm sure if you took out a protractor, it would be you know, like, oh, that's 91 degrees. It's a, yeah, it's an okay, 89 whatever. degree angle. <laughs> whatever. That shit's so freaking on point. Yeah. And this is what year BC? Um, predicting? Between 1650 to 1550. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I, my brain is sitting here trying to figure out what did they use as a guide? I mean, you know, did they, they have had. a protractor back then? How I mean, did they, they had probably straight edges and things like that. Yeah. I mean, again, they were building pyramids and stuff. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, um, there's a deep dive for you. And I'm going to write this down. Okay. How did they measure back in those days? What were the tools of measurement? I'll add it to my calendar episode. <gasps> oh, I have, have a calendar episode. Well, I have several episodes on things like ancient weights and measures. Um, okay. Calendar, time telling, like things that have been. Why haven't me we done this yet? Um, because <laughs> life. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. These are things that you know bother me. I'm like, how did they tell time? How did they know two o'clock was two o'clock? But anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this is pretty invasive. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. And newsflash: it seems like the surgery didn't go well, and he died. Ugh, surprise? No. Uh, probably because there was no way to really put that piece of skull back and his brain was literally exposed. Right. Oddly, yeah. they didn't apparently try to put back the piece of skull in place when they buried him. Mm. Like, even to make him look nice as they sent him off to the afterlife. Oh. 
I mean, literally, this is a culture of packing picnics and suitcases to accompany the dead into the afterlife <gasps> so they wouldn't have oh, to run out of snacks or deodorants. But like right. sending him off for eternity with a big hole in his head? <laughs> Being buried with Odorono. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a reference to one of our Patreon episodes. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it seems a little odd, but um, you want to know what's really infuriating about this story? Oh, there's more? These guys were wealthy and high status, so they got access to the best, or what qualified as best, healthcare of the time. Oh. And this is it. This was the best. Well, this was the best. Okay. Well, actually, the precision of those cuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, literally, I, I, there, are, okay. there are only a handful of cases of trephination from this region in this time period. Like, this right. procedure was something that only highly trained healers would have attempted. And by highly trained, I also mean expensive. Right. Access to de- decent healthcare involving money. Surprise! Nothing is <sighs> new. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... Uh, now let's move on to ye old HMO, oh, dear. budget insurance plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this story is also pretty hot, quote unquote, breaking news from just two or three days ago from Live Science. Okay. And a study was just released about the unusual face down burial of a woman in third century BCE Sardinia. Oh. And I she also like, had a nail driven like you, into her skull. Whoa, 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 what? See, I, I feel like we've talked about face down burials before, but what did you just say? <laughs> well, there was that um, case of the vampire in Germany, Germany oh. or Poland, where they like literally drove a shovel into her neck or something where they, when they buried her or like, you know, they'll do weird things to like keep the mouth propped open. So like, if they grow fangs, they can't clamp down on you. But this right. is not exactly about that. Okay. <laughs> and um, so there by was nail, a I, nail. This is not that nail that they found, but it's similar to the kind of nail. Okay. And this is not your pretty little brass picture hanging nail. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me scroll again. <sighs> okay, here we go. Oh, it looks like just a rusty nail. It- and you've include well you included whoever took the photo yeah live science article um they've included a scale a little card that says eight centimeters yeah i'm sure all of our friends in europe are like oh okay well unfortunately i am raised and educated by the united states education system i have no concept of what eight centimeters is um it's big enough to, if you keep scrolling, you'll see the skull. Oh. Oh, wow. It's big okay. enough to put a big, chunky square hole. Holy crap. Yeah. That's, okay, that's a, uh, I wouldn't call that a nail if I'm under, if I, I'm zooming in more. <laughs> and I can't believe the, I'm zooming in. <laughs> also the um, scale is there at the base of the skull. Right. So, And that's the centimeters same little card. The yeah, same so card. Eight so centimeters at the base of the skull. Two. So I'm counting the little, it's like saying eight centimeters is this little segment. And so I'm counting how many segments, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight segments. Eight times eight is 64. So the nail is a little more than 64 centimeters in length. Mm. Am I? Yeah, no, I, no, no, I no, count no. those right. <laughs> uh, no. So the those the eight centimeters. <laughs> yeah, that's the full length of the nail, eight no. centimeters. Those right, are millimeters. I'm... Okay. And so eight centimeters is the length of the nail, but it's also very similar to the size of the base of her skull. I'm, I'm like, I'm pulling up <laughs> Google conversion. Okay. Yeah, okay. There you go. Eight centimeters. Oh my God. I love this. 
3.14 inches. Hello, okay. Pi. So, <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Having a big square three-inch nail driven yeah. into your skull. Yeah. That's, That's not fun. Not the most fun yeah. I've ever had. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, the site of this burial where they found this unusual face down nail in the skull uh, skeleton of a young woman mm -hmm. is the Monte Luna necropolis. It's an ancient burial ground in use for hundreds of years by the ancient inhabitants of Sardinia. And interestingly, these inhabitants were actually related to the Punic peoples who were related to the Phoenicians and Carthaginians. Um, so closer you know, more aligned with like uh, North African and uh, coast of Israel cultures okay. than with, you know, Greece and Rome. Okay. Um, and however, dating the ceramics and other goods in this tomb indicates the burial happened around the time the Romans were starting to tentatively flex their colonization mm. muscles. Still okay. a long way to go before we get to Julius Caesar, because again, okay. you know, we're talking about third century BCE. Okay. Um, you know, at that time in the third century, the Mediterranean was dealing with the aftermath of Alexander the Great rampaging his way across the region. Um, he basically started in Macedonia, his home territory, and he's like, you know what? I want it all. And he went and took it. Okay. Greece, yeah. Persia, Syria, Egypt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He would have made his way, a full circle, his way all the way back up to Rome, except he ended up dying in Alexandria, right. the city he named after himself yeah. <laughs> in Egypt. Um, but, you know, after his death, his generals decided to split up his conquered territories, giving them back apparently never occurred to them. And they were so busy settling up setting up their own dynasties and surprise fucking each other over with invasions and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of movement and cultural confusion at this time period. Got it. So this woman appears to have been um, between the ages of 18 to 22 when she died. Now, why can they narrow her age down so much tighter than the other people? So I'm guessing that some of the difficulty with the other skeleton might have been because there were height and size deformities. Okay. That would have skewed, you know, because they they will look at pelvis size and mm -hmm. bone length and things like that. And if those are deformed or, you know, um, non-standard. Okay. I think that's probably what might have, you know, okay. skewed the results somewhat. Right. Um, she appears to have suffered some sort of blunt force trauma to the skull. Nope. Not the nail. We're not I there was, yet. I was about to say, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but they think it might have been from a fall, possibly as a result of an epileptic seizure. Okay. They have enough evidence to speculate that? Well, now we come back to the nail. Oh. Okay. Because, um, so just prepare yourself because it's another instance of people have always been awful, trademark. Um, <laughs> it seems the nail was driven into her skull immediately after death. Okay. The reason for this is that it was commonly believed throughout the ancient Mediterranean that driving nails into a body post-mortem could prevent epilepsy from spreading to the rest of the community. Okay, okay, okay. I understand back, you know, a long time ago, they did not understand that they didn't know what might be contagious and what might not. Right. But how is a nail after death stopping something from spreading? Even if this was something contagious, even if epilepsy was contagious. How is a nail in the skull stopping it from spreading? Why would garlic stop a vampire? I don't oh, know. Fine. <laughs> fine. I mean, fine. honestly, I, you know, 
they they believed in trephination and you know splitting the skull open for everything from migraines to epilepsy. Mm. And you know, to be the tiniest bit fair, I mean, like you said, yeah. no one really knew what caused seizures. Sure. And you know, you know, the often and sudden and unexpected onset of epilepsy in somebody in a community might seem like the spread of a contagion. Um, Sure. You know, also because, you know, think about that the communities were smaller, the villages, people intermarried, a lot of people Mm -hmm. sharing Mm -hmm. DNA. Right. So, you know, and also there are cases where, you know, children will suddenly develop you know, have epileptic seizures or some sort of seizure, and then they grow, quote unquote, grow out of it. Okay. Like they don't, they no longer have seizures once they reach puberty or full Mm. adulthood. Right. You know, I've, I've even heard of like people who had like seizures as a kid and just, it just stops. Wow. I don't know if that's medically true or accurate, but you know, again, that's the hearsay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, driving a nail into her skull and burying her face down seems to have been part of trying to prevent the spread of an epileptic infection. Okay. And they didn't, they just didn't know. They didn't know. Um, in any case, it seems like this poor gal suffered a lot and had the equivalent of shitty health insurance because she was treated with the equivalent of Facebook medical advice. Oh, people suck. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And finally. Yeah. Anger management for scientists. What about anger management for podcast people? <laughs> well, you know, you might be able to do this one at home. Because this there's some rage being poked. <laughs> <laughs> so the other option I had for titling this article could be CSI Ancient Cave. Oh, fun. Okay. (laughs) So um, scientists have been trying to puzzle out exactly how 34 people were killed in a cave in Germany about 5,000 years ago, as well as a similar murder victim in a cave in Spain from around the same time period. Oh. All 35 victims had their skull bashed in. Oh. But the question is, what kind of weapon was used? Was that's, it an axe or an adze? That's the question. Well, that's, I mean, there are others, but this is, you know, scientific study has to be precise. You have to have a limited scope of yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's All right. take a step back and ask yeah. what's the difference between an axe and an adze. What is an adze? I've never heard of an adze. I've and heard I, of it, but I I'll actually had it. to look up. So hold on. An yeah. adze's blade is perpendicular to the handle of an axe. Unlike an axe, which has a parallel blade. Oh. And if you scroll okay. down. Yes. You got a picture of one. Of each. Oh, interesting. Huh. So an adze is almost more like a pickaxe. Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 Got it. And... Yeah, I mean, these aren't from the time period. These are just, you know, yeah. as ye old as, you know, and clear in terms of what the difference was. Right, right, right. So, yeah, you know, it's basically the difference between a pickaxe and an axe. Okay. And since you don't just go around trying to find 35 people to volunteer getting their skulls smashed for the sake of archaeology. right. Researchers had to go and figure out a human head replacement. Huh? It turns out we can be replaced by a polyurethane skull covered in rubber and filled with a ballistic gel to imitate brain matter. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) What is ballistic gel? Here's a definition from Wikipedia. Other gen if you would. Okay. Ballistic gelatin is traditionally a solution of gelatin powder in water. I've used that in culinary school. Ballistic gel, well, not ballistic, uh, but gelatin powder. Uh, Ballistic gelatin closely simulates the density and viscosity of 
human and animal muscle tissue. And I am like so grossing out right now (laughs) because I'm already standing in my culinary kitchen and this is not cooperating with the image in my head. Um, And it's used as a standardized medium for testing the terminal performance of Firearms ammunition. Holy shit. Basically, how far does the bullet go? Oh my God. Until it's stopped, its momentum is stopped by the density of mm, human or animal muscle tissue substitute. Yes. Holy So think about that next time you order a jello cup. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's gelatin powder and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've used a ton of gelatin in culinary school, especially during- I have now ruined the terrine for you forever. European European cakes and torts. That class, that was a a nightmare. Almost everything we made had gelatin in it. It it Really? Oh, it was bad. Yeah. That's huh. a t- I conversation it when it, yeah, because I always think of that, you know, in connection with like, you know, the layer on the top of a terrine of pate. Well, there's that. Yeah. But yeah, the Europeans used gelatin a ton in their desserts. I had no idea. Yeah. Interesting. Well, <laughs> another deep dive for another day. Yeah, I was going to say, it still hasn't put me off dessert. So that's good. <laughs> Um, anyway, the lead researcher, Miguel Angel Moreno Ibanez. Beautiful, right? <laughs> I practiced it. <laughs> used both tools, the ads and the axe, and struck the quote unquote skulls from different heights and different angles mm. to mm. simulate the range of injuries found. Oh, my goodness. He did not have fun doing that. Or so he says. I repeat, he did not have any fun doing that. Allegedly, <laughs> I would have totally been giggling and doing the whole video. There's actually a video of him doing it. I'll send you the. I'll include the link uh, okay. for the article in the show notes. But okay. I'll send you the link so you can right. watch him. I mean, also, you know, I'm watching the video. Yes, and I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I know he's probably aiming for a certain amount of force and momentum, but. Honestly, mm-hmm. if I was trying to murder somebody with an adze or an axe, I'd be putting a lot more force into my movement. But you can judge anyway from when you watch the video. I, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant. Oh, it's, it's, it's basically him whacking a giant yellow ball. Okay. Yeah. Because here are the results. Oh. From his? From his experiment okay. with the ball. Okay, I'm about to, I'm scrolling slowly. Okay, this is not gruesome. Yeah, it's it's literally a polyurethane ball. Yeah, okay. Um, so I have with yeah. the ads and the axe. Okay, so with basically what I'm looking at are these like tan colored spheres. They almost look like eggshells. Mm-hmm. And there are little either a tiny little crack or a giant hole with cracks. (laughs) Yeah. I say giant, um, significant hole with cracks. And it's, this really does look like damage to eggshells, what Mm -hmm. what we're looking at, but they're very spherical. Yeah. It looks like when you fuck up dying an Easter egg. Yeah. And there's, they're, they have all kinds of like markings and pencil yeah. marks for whatever measurements and such. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously there's the direction of the wound, whether it's vertical or horizontal. Right. Um, but if you scroll down just a little bit more, there's a third picture oh. where it kind of shows the the edge damage and how you can kind of differentiate between the two weapons based on the, the fracturing and chipping damage to the bone, quote unquote. Okay. Based on impact. Right. 
I mean, you've we've all seen these movies or TV shows where the person, the the crime scene person comes in and they can look at the the damage that's been done and they can tell you where the attacker was standing and from what height the attack was made and stuff like that. Yeah, this is along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like the, uh, let's see, the axe has um, more, uh, like, if you draw a line down the middle of the hole with the axe, the mm-hmm. fracture chipping is what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Um, and force dispersion is almost equal on both sides. Yes. It's almost symmetrical. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the ads, um, it's, it's radiating upwards from right. the blow. Yes. So I thought that was really pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as a result, they were able to go back to these victims from the German cave and the Spanish cave, and it seems mm-hmm. like the weapon of choice was the ads. Oh. Yeah, nothing like a pickaxe. Oh my God. So the next time you're thinking about bashing someone's head and looking at your tool rack trying to pick the right tool, oh my God. Choose the ads, except we do not endorse or encourage do doing any of this. No, no, don't um, do it. <laughs> unless it's with a bowl of jello. There you go. We now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. Oh my goodness. Wow. This is how you're ending my week because we're doing this on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Murder. I mean, what's better? Oh my God. Um, I'm going to have to pour myself some vodka <laughs> and I'm going to be curling up with my Fenrir plushie because yeah, I, I have a Fenrir plushie now. That's um, right. Yes, we do. We're going to need a victory. Of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to like go watch cartoons or something. Disney channel. Yeah. Oh, just wait. Cause, uh, Tomorrow we're recording the Disney conspiracy episode. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. All right. My goal is to suck all the joy out of your life. <laughs> my work here is done today. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh. And you worked in your Fenrir mention. Barely. <laughs> I know. I didn't really have a whole lot that we could work with here this right. week. But, yeah. you know. That's okay. Yeah. But next week, um, we're doing Skull Crushing Feminists, part two. <laughs> There's no pun or correlation to the skull None crushing whatsoever. here. None whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm so mad that I have to do this because this goddamn war in Ukraine is still going on. I was just asking Sam about that this morning. Oh, yes, yeah? I get I get news from my little, I have a circle he of friends. He is your Apple News. He. There you go. Sam is my Apple News. You and Sam. Yeah. And my backyard neighbor. Hi, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, those are the three sources where I get my news from. Hey, you know, better than Facebook. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And but yeah, you yeah. know, I'm speaking of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So and we will get to Aristotle, but I, I need another nap. <laughs> In the meantime, speaking of Facebook, like you said, you can subscribe yourselves to our social media scrolls. We're on Instagram at Drunk Mythology Gals. On TikTok at Drunk Mythology Gals. We're on the web with merch at DrunkMythologyGals.com. We're on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Drunk Mythology Gals. And if also on our Patreon, you get a discount yeah. on merch. That's right. We're also on Facebook, but we don't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it cross-populate, cross-publishes uh, from If Instagram. it pollinates to Instagram or not. Who I don't. knows? Like, they made everything I, so complicated for yeah. a Facebook page now. It's like, I don't even know how to do it. Yeah. And even worse than Facebook, you can send us email that we just don't do uh, it. Don't, don't do it. It's like sending an email into a black hole. <laughs> That's gals. right. We have an email address, gals at drunkmythologygals.com. Uh, um, but we've given up 
trying to keep up with it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, I have I have it on my to do list, but yeah, right. Yeah. So, and as always, thanks to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound, and thanks again to all of you for joining us. Yeah. Please subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and. Tell your friends and family about us, especially if they're like, yeah, I think I want to be a neurosurgeon. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Finally, always remember, if the gods and ancient doctors can behave badly, so can you. 